Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Wednesday, January 18th, 2016. I am your host, Alexander Kalafi, today joined by all three of my usual co-hosts to talk about a pair of Nintendo presentations. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined by one Donald Terrio. Hello, Donald. Uh, my switch is half paid off. I think I might actually be able to make this work. Attaboy. Uh, does that include the three grand you will need to spend on accessories? Uh, <laughs> I will. Um, I will. I will deal with those. Um, I will deal with those after the other big expenditure I have in March. Have you put aside uh, nineteen hundred Canadian dollars for the new Bomberman yet? <laughs> no. Hey, we we got we saw today. GameStop has dropped their price to fifth to fifty bucks, so that might get to a same price by the end of the week. <laughs> Listen, it's, we, we gotta pay respect to Bomberman's 33rd anniversary game. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. We're also joined by Alaska's Zach Miller. Hello, Zach Miller from Alaska. Hello, Alex. I miss Iwata. Yeah, I, I just thought about Iwata today. I, I, was, I was just out and about doing my own thing, and I thought, like, hey, I like this new guy a lot, but... You know, it would be really cool if someone did like a nice like biopic of Satoru Iwata's uh, life. Like like done done respect. And like like with interviews like <coughs> like like the whoever makes this movie would actually get the correct information on Nintendo so we could see what Iwata's actual last days looked like and what goes through the head of someone from Nintendo, a company that prides itself in being squeaky clean. I it was just there I just had ideas about an Iwata biopic today. That's beside <laughs> the point. Third person is Nintendo World Report's very own special guest, Neil, Neil Ronahan. Hello, Neil. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. I'm just, okay. I'm just kidding. Hi. Just um, <laughs> stay tuned to the website for more on this game. Hell it's, yeah. It's Dragon, Dragon Quest Eight. Um, are you allowed to say that the first 30 minutes are Dragon Quest Eight yet? Um, I mean, as someone who's never played Dragon Quest Eight before, uh, this game's real good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, like there, there's, I, I, I'm probably about like ten hours in. Um, I, I haven't really found any of the technical issues that I have heard rumors of. Uh, I've heard that they kind of show up later in the game. Maybe uh, I have noticed some crappy load times, but like, that's a real good game. Yeah, um, I've, I've never played it before, and it's, it, it feels way more modern, especially in comparison to Dragon Quest Seven. Mm -hmm. um, which I mean, that was a full remake on 3DS, whereas this is kind of like, like more of an up or downport almost. Like it's yeah. like a refined version, a director's cut almost um, of the PlayStation 2 version. But that, like, I, I'm kind of mad at myself for having never played that that PlayStation 2 version, Dragon Quest VIII, because this game seems real special. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Speaking of RPGs, there was a Fire Emblem <laughs> Nintendo Direct tonight. That showcase not one, not two, but four Fire Emblem titles. And the reason why I knew it would be more than two, but I was still surprised that it was four games, was on that splash screen, on that, um, the, the screen that says, that's like before a Nintendo Direct, like right before the stream goes live, where it says like, hey, it's going to be this long, this is what we're going to talk about. It said multiple Fire Emblem games. Which, which told me that there would be at least three. I'm still a little surprised there's four, but I knew there would be at least three. Now, I'm posing the question to you all. I posed this question to Donald before the show. 
is this is Fire Emblem now fully, fully, fully 100% an A-tier uh, Nintendo franchise, or has it, has it been that for a while? I think it was with Fates. I think Fates yeah. was the step forward with it. Yeah. I, yeah, when you saw that uh, Fates did, I think when you saw Fates opening weekend sales, either in Japan, where it did a half million there, or in the US, where it did 300,000 opening weekend, that is an A-level franchise for Nintendo at this point. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting to think about Fire Emblem as an A-level franchise because it was one of the most niche Nintendo franchises that they were bringing over like 10 years ago. Like, Yeah, I mean, the, the first one only came over because of Marth and Roy and, and Melee. Right. And Marth and Roy, like, I believe the intention was to cut them from Melee in the first place because... We wouldn't because like Americans and Europeans would have no idea who they were yet. Wow. Yeah, because of that action of of Marth and Roy being in melee, uh, it you know gave Nintendo of America and Europe like I guess the courage to release the Fire Emblem games in Game Boy Advance. And then uh, we haven't gotten every single one. Then I think there was a DS game that the didn't come DS. over. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because Shadow Dragon came over, but then the second DS game did not. Um, and we've gotten everything since and. Like, like Awakening, uh, I, mean, I think Awakening, the, yeah, Awakening was, was going to be the swan last one. song. Yeah, it was going to be the swan song for the whole series, and then it went and sold two million copies, and suddenly, hey, we can do something with this. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I noticed, I, I remember. I, I mean, a lot of people talk about Advance Wars when they talk about Fire Emblem, and and I'm I'm sorry we're going off on an Advance Wars tangent because we should all talk about Advance Wars more often. Uh, but it's it's really surprising to see Fire Emblem and Advance Wars kind of go in completely different directions. Whereas Fire Emblem's kind of been iterating on the same kind of thing with like, they've been adding more story and like, you know, these branching paths and stuff like that. It's still more or less the same exact game that it was 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. Uh, whereas Advance Wars, part of the reason why we haven't seen one in a while is I, I dug up an interview. I think it was from when Days of Ruin, the, the last Advance Wars game uh, that like that team at intelligent system was just kind of like, we don't know what to do. We're just making the same game over and over again. And it's weird that fire emblem has been able to succeed at kind of being the same thing just with a new story. Whereas advanced wars couldn't do that. And they basically killed the series because they couldn't think of anything else to do. Right. You're absolutely right. I was, I was especially what you're saying about fire emblem being the same forever, because I watched a little bit of a long play of the very first fire emblem game on NES the other week. And it's surprising to see that everything that, like, you could very easily go back to the original Fire Emblem games. And even though they might be hard and they might be different and they might be less forgiving, the Fire Emblem games have changed very little. It's just that they've gotten nicer looking and the story has gone in line with more modern games. But the games have not changed at all, which is fine because I think it's one of the most rock-solid premises for any of Nintendo's video games. And you can actually play the first Fire Emblem now. And Shadow Dragons and out on all the on all the territories on Virtual Console. So if you want to see that, and you're going to be able to do the second Fire Emblem game in about four months. Right. So let's talk about Fire Emblem Echoes. But before that, I just wanted to point something out that, uh, especially with Fire Emblem being like a super niche franchise, and then everything turned by Awakening. In ten years, we have gone to not being sure if one Fire Emblem game will will ever come out. To having, I think I counted like nine different Fire Emblem releases or Fire Emblem like tangential releases in the span of two years because we got Fire Emblem Echoes, 
We have Fire Emblem Fates, three versions. That brings us up to four games. We have Tokyo Mirage Sessions. We have two versions of Fire Emblem Warriors. We have two versions of Fire Emblem on mobile, counting Android and iOS. That's just one. That's just one. I mean, like, but at the same time, it's like just... And then we got the new Switch game coming out next year. So even by by the loosest of definitions, 10 games by slightly more tight definitions like 7 games but that's still a fuck ton in a 2 year ter- in a 2 year span so is anybody familiar with what Fire Emblem Gaiden was no but it sounds like a fan favorite game that is also arguably the weirdest game in the Fire yeah cuz I mean, I uh, I guess my, my Fire Emblem Ancient History isn't too That's good. That's coming out May, like, May 18th. In, uh, May, May 19th in 19th. North America. In I North think America. it's out in Europe the same day, and it's out on... It's out April in Japan 20th. on 420. April 20th, Sorry. which is also 420, is uh, Fire Emblem's birthday. Aw. Fire Emblem, yeah. Hitler, and Pot. Well, no, Who because there, there, were, there, were, there were so many... It's, it's all very closely related things. <laughs> I was very curious, because, like... There's three games coming out this year that we know of at this point. And I'm like, okay, is it like Fire Emblem's 30th anniversary or something? But Fire Emblem came out in 1990, which means this is Fire Emblem's 27th anniversary. And Metroid's 30th anniversary was last year. And we got jack shit for Metroid's Hey, 30th. we got Metroid Prime Federation Force, a damn fine game. Some would say the fourth best game of 2016. <laughs> and some would say you're underrating it. Number yeah. four, I think we'll I think talk I about that in the future. There's a, there's a, that's anyway. a preview for like next week's show. But uh, so yeah. so Fire Emblem Echoes like has all this stuff where there's dungeon exploration, uh, which seems really neat, and it, I it feel like that's something that I want in a post Fates world. It lo- it looks like SMT four. Uh, yes. Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valencia, Valencia, Valencia. Yeah, it's what were you saying, Don? Yeah, and another thing that it had, another thing that it actually got carried over to Fates from Fire Emblem Gaiden, which this is a reimagining of, is there's no such thing as weapon durability in this game. There, the weapons will stay no matter what. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that it's the story seems like it's the same story, but reimagined for the new Fire Emblem standard. It seems like there. Well, we know for a fact there's going to be a two-pack amiibo featuring the two protagonists, which is going to be May nineteenth, one of each gender. Can I just say I love the fact that they were going back to one version for Fire Emblem because I'm glad that they tried it for Fates. But I think the reason why Fates Fates came out as flawed as it did, at least by me and Neil's estimation, is the fact that I felt that game was so spread thin across there the was too mu- Yeah, that's how I felt about it. Is I, I, I mean, there are clearly people out there that really want to play three Fire Emblem games all right in a row. I found out with Fire Emblem Fates, I'm not one of those people. And that's okay. Like, I have, I whenever I feel like I want to play another Fire Emblem game, I'll probably get Fire Emblem Echoes. Or I could play Conquest. Who knows? <laughs> Conquest is a good video game. It, it was yeah. almost in my top 10 until I remembered that I didn't put Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix on my list. So then, like, I swapped out my number 8. So Conquest is a very fair number 12, but I would say it's probably the best game of those three. I'm excited and... for this video game. It's coming out in May, which means it's only coming out in just a few months. 
And I think it's great that they're starting to localize the Fire Emblem games super close together now. It's, it's about two switches from now. I guess is that, are we going to use that? Are we going to use the distance to switch launch as a, <laughs> a way of calculating time? That's like 45, 44 days, I think. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, two-pack amiibo, reimagining the story. It's got weird dungeon crawling shit. It's also like... Fully voiced. Fully voiced. And the characters have feet. Uh, the characters have feet. That's good. Yeah, so that's cool. I, I, <laughs> I think that's all we can say about Echoes for now, because they showed us very little of that game, and they also showed us, like, untranslated cutscenes, at least voice-wise. Yeah. So, they're, 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 not, probably... they're not ready to, to fully show us that game yet, yeah? Well, they better be ready to show it soon, because like you say, it comes out in May. But I, I, I just find it amusing they got Yuri Lowenthal to do this direct. Yeah. Oh, is that who that was? Yep. Oh. They showed it in the opening. Oh, uh, okay. That, that's that's Krom's cool. voice actor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he was he was Rickon in Awakening. Uh, okay. Uh, you probably know him better as Yosuke from Persona Four. He oh, Persona Q. Was he? He wasn't. He's like, a pretty notable voice actor. Rickon. No, no, no. I'm saying like, who's he trying to uh, be in the game? He, I thought he was trying to be Bill Trennan. <laughs> yeah, that's who I thought it was, and then I kind of realized I'm like, I don't think it's him. Yeah, maybe he's just a voiceover who has like the Fire Emblem style of speaking. Maybe he's the new protagonist. Um, he the was, movie. he was, he was Ben Ten. Um, oh, that, that's why. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> he he was the prince in the Prince of Persia. He was Alucard <laughs> in Castlevania. Mm. He was Matt Stop Miller in Saints Row. You know, uh, I don't like Fire Emblem, but there's a Fire Emblem figure that I'm going to get when it comes out. What, Tharja? No, no, not. Uh, maybe she's the one in the armor. Purple armor. Oh, yep. no, Thar Tharja's the... Uh, the Tharja's the... a mage. This is a more of a, like a flying flying character. Tharja's the brown one from Awakening. Oh. Yeah, no, it's not her. This, this girl's yeah. uh, shapely and has bluish purple armor. Yeah. Yep, that's Camilla. Okay. From Fates. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's from Fates. I I wifed her in <laughs> Fire Emblem uh, Fates, but only because I like, she, she's uh, the only reason why I did was because she's a dragon rider, and like that's, you, I mean, you need to have dope. a kid who's also a dragon rider. So it everything worked out there. So Fire Emblem Warriors looks fun. Yes, that's my next point, Neil. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fire Emblem meets Koei Tecmo Games. Fire Emblem Warriors. It is going to be on the Switch this fall. It is also going to be new 3DS exclusive, which I am so happy about because the new Nintendo 3DS needs like one more game before we can and justify making games. For so this will be it. Yeah. yeah, this is this is that game. And Neil can speak to how ass Hyrule Warriors Legends played on the original 3DS. So you know, no, maybe... not really. Like I, I really liked Hyrule Warriors Legends. But I mean, on the but you playing it on the old 3DS, like you mentioned that in your review, that that thing ran like chocolate covered ass. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Like, like let's put it this way: I think almost literally every other person on the planet that played that game on the old 3DS probably had more of an issue with it than I did. Oh. It runs poorly, but I was able to play it. I played the demo on uh, the Japanese demo on my old Japanese 3DS, um, and it was it was playable. It just ran really choppy. Huh. 
Hashtag literally unplayable. <laughs> I mean, what a great I mean, fit. It was playable. <laughs> what a great but, fit for Fire Emblem, though, right? Like, yeah, and just think of all the DLC that game is going to have. Like, you're, there's going to be lords crawling see, out the ears. Well, I did love, I, like, I, I guess I did love, I do love Hyrule Warriors and all of its Wii U and new 3DS glory. Um, I don't think I care enough about the Fire Emblem characters to get as much <laughs> as I do out of Hyrule Warriors yeah. as, as in Fire Emblem Warriors. That was a problem. Well, it, it wasn't really a problem because that game was more of a Shin Megami Tensei game than anything else, but that was a little bit of a problem for me getting into TMS. Was See, the thing with that is... Th- there uh, were so many Fire Emblem characters that weren't from games I recognized, or they chose mildly obscure Fire Emblem characters from games I did play. See, that was the thing that kind of worked for me for TMS, is that a lot of the characters that they chose were ones that I was familiar with. Which, I mean, that's just more like lucky happenstance, I guess, but like, everybody that showed up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember them. Yeah, because they only pulled from Shadow Dragon and Awakening. Yeah, oh, which really? are two games that I played. Oh, did you, nice. did you beat Shadow Dragon? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, I, I also played it like a decade ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to play Shadow Dragon. Like, I, I looked at it, and it's ten bucks on the eShop, which is actually a fine, fine deal for that game. Yeah. So it was I, it was I, really I good. Myself. I just yeah. Like, I remember some characters from that, but if you were to ask me, like, what happened in that game, I'd be like, well, that was two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was almost a decade ago. Yeah, and yeah. or two thousand nine. I think that might have been two thousand nine. Yeah, I think it was oh nine. Yeah. Do all the Fire Emblem games are they in like in one continuity? Sort of. I think I might be the wrong person to answer that, but I think that there is like because like Marth is in Shadow Dragon, which is a remake of the first one. Oh, okay. And, like Marth is discussed as like being a legendary character that everyone knows about in Awakening. Gotcha. I mean, I'm sure somebody could put together a Fire Emblem timeline, yeah. there's a Zelda timeline, but it, it's, unless you really dive into optional content, it's not really necessary to enjoy the games. Sure. Yeah, because okay. I, I think a lot, like there are some there are some that are like sequels to other ones, but I think for the most part they all stand alone. But there are, I believe there are some references to like, like for example, in Awakening where they call back to Marth, and Marth was in a previous game. Gotcha. Uh, Don Cooper. I like how Clex Yoshi said, no, they aren't, except for when they were. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Don says, Fates takes place in a new world, which sounds like they, they do sometimes switch it up. Fate, Fates yeah. takes place in the Super Smash Brothers universe. <laughs> <laughs> or does Super Smash Brothers take place in the Fire Emblem Fates universe? Well, who knows? But that's when you bring in the characters with Fire Emblem, Amiibo, and Fates, they refer to their Smash Brothers incarnations. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. TRBR says Fire Emblem Warriors equals Waifu Warriors, which is a very <laughs> realistic prediction to be fair, for that game. That's what Hyrule Warriors kind of was. No, yeah. no, no, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's a Koei Tecmo game. Like, oh, God. Yeah, that and Fire Emblem? Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that might be too much. Yeah, too much waifu. Uh, moving on! Fire Emblem is coming to the Nintendo Switch for the first time since Fire Yay. Emblem on the Wii console in 2007. A new mainline game in the series is being developed for a Nintendo home system with the ability to play it on the go. It's scheduled to launch in 2018, which to me says late 2018, early 2019. 
I don't know. They did just kind of drop a new three a, a new Fire Emblem game coming out to 3DS in May. So yeah. I don't think I'd be shocked if that game winds up being like more like May or June next year. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, until we see something about it, then this is all just hearsay and speculation. I'm so, so happy. Wait till E3. Wait till E3. Yeah. I'm so happy this is not a port of Fire Emblem Fates, like some source code and the website suggests, because I don't want to go back to Fire Emblem Fates. It, you ever notice with a lot of this stuff, with, with rumors of like how like, oh, it's going to be Splatoon 1.5, it's going to be a remake of Fire Emblem Fates, that like, they aren't? Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe there are breadcrumbs being left to make people think that games are just remakes when they are actually new games. I, I would Mario say Mario Kart. Kart is the exception to that. But right, at the same yeah. time, most of us could have guessed that was going to be Mario Kart 8. But on the other hand, <laughs> Mario Kart 8 looks like an HD version of Mario Kart 7 in a lot of ways, not counting the DLC, of course. So who knows? Maybe you're right. But anyway. I think it's cool that there's going to be a console Fire Emblem Switch game, though. That That's yeah. Not- and hopefully the um, hopefully the virtual console is robust enough that maybe we get those two console Fire Emblems on the Switch sometime. They're both that very happens. hard to find, or very I, expensive. No, nothing gets me more happy than seeing eBay sellers weeping that are overcharging <laughs> for games by like two hundred dollars, which that happens with Fire Emblem Path yeah. of Radiance and Radiance. Well, we'll probably I... get them for one month at a time. <laughs> Wouldn't it be sick though if we got Fire Emblem Radiance and, and Radiant Dawn for Path, a Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn? <laughs> I, I I said that to like just a collection. Kind of both of them. Uh, like a yeah. coll- like a collection. The, the Ike the Ike duology. The right. Ike duology. The Fire Emblem Fight for Your Friends series. Right. <laughs> uh, I I flipped a copy. I I got I got Radiant Dawn for like fifteen bucks and then flipped it for like seventy. Oh my god. <laughs> You're part of the problem. No, no hey, it's called I was a broke college student. At least it, it was only two figures. If it was three, I think we would have had to have a have <laughs> words in March. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all we can say about Fire Emblem Switch for now. We're excited about it. It's yeah. maybe coming in 2018. I hope it's coming in 2018. But over, well, I, I didn't see the minutes, but it seemed like at least half of the presentation, or maybe about half of the presentation, yep. was devoted to Fire Emblem Heroes coming to smart devices. It, it was basically Nintendo explaining a common mobile trope to the world. <laughs> right. That, like, as they're describing it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius and that Kingdom Hearts game, and pretty much, like, the majority of mobile games. That, that Star Wars. Grand Blue Fantasy. Grand Blue Fantasy, and then it also carries the same premise yeah. of that Star Wars and Marvel game. Well, at least like thematically, it carries the same yeah. presence. Where it's like all these heroes and Pretty villains characters. fighting each other. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's like the Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, which is a, a legit, really good game. Yeah, uh, I think actually made by DNA. Which that's why, like, I when I saw them lay out this game, I like. Everything about it just reminded me of Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. So, if you like Final Fantasy and want to get want to get a head start on what uh, Fire Emblem Heroes kind of like, I guess like character accumulation mechanic is, uh, go go check out that. Although, like that, it's not it's not the uh, it's not the the turn based strategy. It's a you know a, a Final Fantasy game. So that's different. The release of this is slightly confusing. 
because in Japan it's going to be coming out February. The, they 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 actually clarified this because yes. during the presentation they said Google Play first, so Android, and then iOS later. But then I don't know. Tim Cook said, "Hold my beer," and now <laughs> it's going to be iOS and Android. Same time, February second. I, I I get the vibe from from people that are more into the know of of the world of Apple. Uh, it might have just been that when they made the the video for the direct, they might not have had the date for iOS locked in because I think like Apple cert takes longer or something like that. Uh, yeah. So it might have just only been confirmed after they already finished the video. Right. Okay. That that's fair. But yeah, that's uh, uh that's like two weeks away. That's right. I'm pretty stoked. Like that game looks fun. Yeah, it's it's a free to play Fire Emblem game, but it looks like a legitimate Fire Emblem game. Yeah, it has a new story, a new, uh, a new setup, and the maps seem like they're going to be one screen, which is a little I don't know. I guess. Well, I mean, if you got to confine it to the to a mobile phone screen, it makes sense to go with like the eight by six map. I just love that Anna is running this because, of course, she would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like the, there's going to be free to play mechanics, and that getting the heroes is going to require orbs, and the orbs are randomized. Well, like the characters you get seem like they're randomized. Yeah, which that's, means that's you, how it works. You can get. earn orbs in the game to some extent, and also you can buy orbs. You should uh, uh, get used to seeing if you have this any screen. questions about that. If you have yeah. any questions about that, Alex, you can play Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. <laughs> it seems does it actually seem like it's it's taking uh yeah. like I, I'm actually gonna confirm that. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that DNA made Brave Exvius. Uh, Jurassic Park builder works too. Probably dinosaurs. Yeah, but you're get used to seeing this screen when you boot up that game. You can play this game without spending money. Right. Because technically they're right. Right. The only thing I'm worried about is the fact that it's one screen. I know exactly why they're doing it, but I'm worried that it will make some of the missions feel samey. And that's... I don't know. Mario Super Mario Run is a very good video game, but it isn't necessarily a, a great Mario Mario game. And I'm, I'm worried this is going to be like a... An almost as good Fire Emblem game. I have a question. Do yeah. you guys think there will be a spend cap? No. no. <laughs> uh, to clarification, uh, DNA, they made Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which is another similar game. Uh, they did not make Brave, Brave XVS. That was, it was Gumi, G-U-M-I. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm slightly worried about it. Uh, but... I know I'm not worried about it. I'm just worried about that one mechanic. I'm I'm pretty excited for it too. Yeah, uh, I, the, the stra- this, as someone the who's strategy is going to be how do you get th- get to your heroes without actually spending money on it? Yeah, um, I mean it's it's the kind of thing where if there's a will, there's a way. Like uh, having played some of those games before, uh, I haven't spent any money on them, but I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of them. So, like I'm like like I was playing Brave Exvius like for like two or three weeks consistently during the day. Wow. Um, I mean, like, you know, a couple minutes here or there, because some things would be, like, energy limited and crap like that. Um, and I'd be checking in for daily bonuses. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. If I play Tap My Katamari for a straight week, I, I think I can learn to enjoy 
a Fire Emblem mobile game. I still never played Tamai Katamari. I, I feel like I should, but it's eh. clicker. It's it's a clicker yeah. with some of the cute. I stuff really egg, egg Inc. is is probably my favorite clicker on mobile. It is part of my like education of learning about mobile games. Right. Uh, I like Egg Inc. a lot, so yeah. check that out. Oh, still if, want my Animal Crossing clicker. If you get, well, wait a couple months and we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I have a mobile recommendation. We're talking about mobile games. If you want a good mobile game to enjoy tonight, it has nothing to do with Fire Emblem, but it's the one everyone's talking about on Twitter. It's Hidden My Game by Mom. And, and the reason why it's a broken English title, Hidden My Game by Mom, is because it's done by a Japanese studio that clearly does not have English as their <laughs> first language. It is an escape-the-room type game, but it's you having to find your DS. That, that, that's what the game is, and you can you tap on a bunch of stuff. Hidden my game by mom. Look it up. It's free and it's awesome. So, <laughs> so there, there's a mobile game to enjoy. But anyways, go. Our, our our last. It's a it's a super Japanese ass game. So if you want a super Japanese ass game on your mobile device, Hidden My Game by Mom. And that whole studio has a bunch of funny ass Japanese games. None of them are great, but they're all stupid and funny, and they're all free as far as I know. Uh, to prepare for Switch. the to, to, <laughs> to prepare for the launch of Fire Emblem Heroes today, Nintendo kicks off the Fire Emblem Heroes Choose Your Legends event. You go to a website, and until the launch of the game, you can vote for your favorite Fire Emblem character, basically across the series. Like I voted for Gregor in Fine in uh, Fire Emblem uh, Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. So. You can choose all your guys. Voting for the first time, at least, earns you 200 platinum coins, uh, for which, in my case, will just run out in six months when Nintendo doesn't put anything up. And the community's top-ranked hero and heroine will then be featured in Fire Emblem Heroes as Choose Your Legends event characters. And that's great. Because if they just chose one character, regardless of gender, it really would turn into a waifu voting contest. So, there you go. That That's the Fire Emblem Nintendo Direct. I thought that was actually a really fun 19 minutes. Uh, TRBR was, was saying on Twitter that he did not like the fact that it was so mobile-focused, but obviously the reason why they did that was because the game comes out in two weeks, and then the closest releasing Fire Emblem game we have still doesn't have translated voice work at least put into the game, and then the Switch game has only a white screen with a logo, and then the Warriors game, which has more gameplay footage, was, I think, about nine seconds more of footage, which must have been, like, the exact same scene from Hyrule Warriors, except with Fire Emblem characters. So I, I don't think they had much of a video game to show other than Fire Emblem Heroes, just the promise of video games. So... There you go. It was a good Nintendo Direct that I would say fully establishes Fire Emblem beyond a shadow of a doubt, beyond a shadow dragon of a doubt, as a Nintendo A-list franchise. There you go. There, there's your Fire Emblem stuff. Now, let's switch to Nintendo Switch. There was the Switch presentation last week. Donald, you, you guys talked about it on last week's show a little bit, but Neil has, been, has this pent-up... Uh, Nintendo sexual frustration about all these what? opinions on the Nintendo Switch that he hasn't shared yet. I was in New York playing the Switch, so I didn't have this outlet to talk about the Switch. And Zach hasn't really talked about the Switch that much. 
which means for the rest of this episode, we're basically going to talk about the Switch presentation. So I hope somehow you can forgive us. <laughs> Let's talk about the Switch. $299. Is that too much? I, I, I think it's on it's on the, the barrier of too much. I know I said for a while <laughs> that 250 or bust, but I get the sense uh, that 299 was like that was the lowest they could do with the tech that they have. And they did lay out like I think that there's justification for why it's 299. Like uh, I mean, I think that the controllers are... I mean, clearly, the controllers are more expensive than we ever could have imagined. Uh, and I think that's because there's a lot of crap inside of those controllers. There's... Uh, I mean, that they have that HD rumble feature. They have, you know, an NFC thing. It looks like Zach's going to have a stroke. No, no, no. I'm just... I, I want to butt in here and say that while I was watching their explanation of the HD rumble, I thought... How many developers are going to actively do anything with this? Uh, the people who made one two switch. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. And nobody else. Um, I mean, like and, 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 okay, Alex, Alex, as someone who experienced the HD Rumble, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. is it is it real cool? It's pretty cool. It's one of the cool things about the Switch. I played one two switch. You can see a video on Nintendo World Report TV of me and uh, Justin Berube milking cows against each other while yeah. we wear these these cow milking hats. Yeah. It's a pretty all right video. <laughs> and what you can feel is the way the game works is you is you milk it using the control. You press L, but L and then R in a, in a fluid movement. It'll make more sense when you end up playing the game in a month and a half. But th there's a way that you press two buttons and, and you pull the Joy-Cons down. And as you press the, the buttons... Teat, and, Alex, the teat, Alex, the teat. The teat. As you pull the cow teat, uh, <laughs> which it's, it's the cow tit, if we're going to be honest. As, as you pull the cow tit down and then the milk comes out, you can feel liquid or the simulation of liquid sloshing down your hand. Well, that's cool. I am, <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's, I am that's, immediately that's regretting really bringing up a topic. It is really neat. And also, I can't think of more than five games taking advantage of it. Yeah. Right. If anything, I'm so glad that I can feel some advanced haptic feedback, because my favorite thing about the Xbox One is how you can play Forza, and then you can feel the engine way more effectively in that that's, game because there's the haptic feedback on the triggers. One of the cooler things about the Xbox One, and I think a, a, kind of an under-discussed thing about the Xbox One, like I forgot about that by the time I got one, and when it first showed up in a game that I played, I almost lost my mind. <laughs> like, cause I really? remember when the system first got long. I, I remember when Xbox One first got revealed. They're like, "Oh, there's haptic feedback in the triggers." Like, I got one last year. Just like, whoa, what the hell was that? <laughs> it's it's a, really it's only cool utilized for Forza, but it makes Forza way better. Yeah, yeah. So I did use the HD Rumble. I was listening to the Giant Bombcast talk about the Switch presentation, and Jeff Gersman did like a thing where on Mixler he just talked over the whole thing, and a point he made is that the HD rumble may bite Nintendo in the ass a little bit ultimately because the Switch is a console that would probably benefit from having a very focused message and then reintroducing the motion controls as a main selling point of the console, especially when it already has a main selling point, will muddle the system up and it will take the focus away from this being 
either the main Nintendo console you own or the only Nintendo console you own. Even if it's not the only Nintendo console you own, it evokes old Nintendo in a way that I don't think will ultimately benefit Nintendo. Well, well I, to totally, be fair, the, I totally agree with that. Go on, Donald. Yeah, they ha- like what they're saying is the main selling point is the fact that you can take this with you. Like this, the commercials that are starting to run in the UK, it's focused on, hey, you can play Breath of the Wild wherever you want. The motion controls don't even enter into the argument. It's but, probably going to end up being does, with the LCs. It, it, the it does one. because the system's $300. Yeah. If you didn't have the HD rumble in, the, in, the, in those controllers, those controllers would probably be cheaper. The system might be cheaper. And if they did, and like, like I, and I totally get what you mean by the marketing, but by what Alex was talking about, about what Jeff Gersman was talking about, is that I, I, I do think that there's a little bit of a problem with, like, by virtue of the decisions that they made, they might be marketing in a specific way, but the system costs a certain amount and the accessories cost a certain amount because of those decisions to put an HD rumble, to have a pointer on the controller, to have a touchscreen, et cetera, et cetera. More importantly, I don't even think it's, I'm not even thinking about the cost. It's $300. Maybe it always would have been $300. I'm thinking about the fact that Nintendo has to market this. And when you have a system that, that has all these different focuses, I don't think people look at it and be like, okay, here's the clear focus and here's all the new stuff it can do in addition to that. Which, in my opinion, they did well to market to me that way with the 3DS, but they didn't market that. Anyways, <laughs> when you do all this extra stuff, it doesn't seem like here's our focus and then some. It just takes away that focus that you so desperately need. Like, I, I think it, it will make it will make the Switch harder to market because they're mudding up the focus. There, there's people talking in the chat about how, uh, well, TRBR is saying they want to sell it as a portable, but price it like a console. And I don't think that's actually what they're doing. I think uh, fans want it to be a portable, and Nintendo has been very clear and adamant that that is a home gaming console first. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. There is a, there is a disconnect in what, what outspoken fans want compared to what Nintendo is saying they are selling. Uh, but there's like, I, I don't think that that's any like failure on Nintendo's f- fault other than like, maybe, maybe their fans just want portables. That's what Neil, I want. Neil, with you saying that, do you think there's going to be another Nintendo handheld while the switch is still on the yes. system? Yes. I feel very confident that there will be a successor to the 3DS in like 2018 or something. Huh. I'm 60/40 on it. Like I, I would say I'm, I'm like 80/20. Like I don't, I don't think that the 3DS line is going to die. I don't think like the portable line is just going to be morphed into the Switch. Like maybe there, maybe there, maybe it will be if the Switch takes off. Then maybe they, they cheap off the brand. But I think that it will be like a, a fundamentally separate system from the Switch, even if they share games or something. Interesting. If, if let's say you're right, does that affect the chances of Pokemon coming to a home console? Uh, no, because I think that Stars is probably going to come out next year. You think so? Is Stars a thing? Should I wait for Stars? Mm. You haven't even played Sun and Moon yet. No, I'm waiting for Stars. Dude, some just play say, Sun and Moon. All right. Some might say it's Nintendo World Report's favorite game of 2016. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. By the way, the reason I'm a giant sloth is because I'm trying something. Maybe what's causing the computer to constantly freeze is the is the video feed. 
I don't know. I'm trying things. <laughs> Fuck okay. this PC. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I think that I I, uh, I don't know what we were talking about. The Switch is a portable. I think I think that the message was a little muddled in that presentation. Uh, I I loved it. I really <laughs> dug that presentation. Even if I could like, as things were happening, I was like, oh, no one's gonna like one two Switch, but I kind of do. <laughs> It's that they made a Nintendo Johan Sebastian Joust minigame. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It's like awesome. friends, but all the minigames are Johan Sebastian Joust. Yeah, and, like, and like arms looked ridiculous and awesome in that video. Like Mario Odyssey was just bonkers. Like all like the, like the, the Mega Ten game and Octopath Traveler and like all the stuff that they showed in that presentation just did it for me. I, I do think that that presentation didn't play to a broad audience. No. Uh, it kind of struck me as like like America and Europe lost in a power struggle to NCL and NCL was just <laughs> like yeah we're doing the presentation how you want to do it you guys got to live translate it deal with it um, <laughs> that's, yeah that's like that's, I mean that's the thing that. like that live translation when when Suda was up there and granted like I, I know like people are people at least in the moment I don't know what what how people's thoughts have evolved on the the Nintendo of America translator uh just being silent while Suda51 talked. <laughs> if a dude was going to go off script during yeah, this event, yeah. it would have been Suda. I, I like, I think you put, you know, like, like the, the, the people who were live translating that they had a really hard job. And when you got a loose cannon, like Suda51 up there, your job became way harder. Yeah. You don't, yeah, think, were... you don't think there was a script. I think there was, and I don't think Suda Fifty One followed it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Suda didn't give a fuck. No, yeah, he was having a brainstorming session on stage. Yeah, and I, I didn't even know what negotiation like from the Akaza team was saying until I heard it later on RFN. What What was he saying? Like, like he want, like he after Yakuza Six comes out in Japan, which I think it did. He's now working on something even crazier that's going to come to the Switch. That's essentially oh, okay, cool. I, I I didn't know that because I had no idea what the hell he was saying well, at the time. <laughs> interestingly enough, Yakuza 6 is the last game in Kiryu's story in that saga, which means this is going to be when they turn it over to the end. They do the Inazuma 11 thing where they do a new protagonist, presumably, for the next game, which means they might try to do a new start for Yakuza on Nintendo platforms. That'd be cool. This presentation overall, and especially the Switch after I played it, I was left very conflicted because as an Alex presentation, it hit all the beats. You have an HD Shin Megami Tensei game. You have Travis Touchdown returning six or seven or eight months after Suda51 tells me to my face that we might get a new No More Heroes game in 20 years. <laughs> Alongside the craziest ass Mario game I have ever seen or anyone oh, has ever so seen. so glorious. It looks it so fucking good. It it looks like Sonic 2006 in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I never or it looks like Sonic Adventure in a good way. It, it, it hits all the Alex beats. It became a console I cared about. But then after the fact, there was a lot of stuff that came out. And then me playing it, that made me like less excited. Like the fact that um, <coughs> it's all the accessories are going to be this much. <clears throat> and the fact that they're going to charge for online. But they, they did a very poor job of messaging that. To the point where I don't think they know what they're doing yet. Okay, okay. I really so don't. Let's, let's let's slow down the online stuff. So as of as of right now, let's put our heads together. We don't know what it's going to cost. 
that Correct. that's, that's going to be. I think I think it, twenty a year, twenty or thirty a year. That's 20, like, twenty a year is what is what what was said. No, no, no. I mean, no, that's no, no, no. no. That's my guess. That's my. Oh, guess. okay, okay, okay. So twenty we, or thirty. We don't know what it's going to cost. What we do know is that uh, that's how you will be able to play online. Uh, there will be an app for your phone that you will do voice chat and matchmaking and like manage your friends list. Apparently, you can set up like play appointments with that too. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think you can do that on, on Xbox. Phone. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You can. You can actually do it on the system. Yeah. Um. Whereas a Switch, you need a phone app. Which, but we'll 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 talk about that in a little bit. And the other thing is that once they start charging for it, then everybody, it, people who are like subscribed to it or whatever. Uh, they'll get a virtual console game, either an NES or a Super Nintendo game, uh, that will be updated with online, uh, like online multiplayer, multiplayer, if relevant. Super Nintendo only. Super Nintendo only. Okay, Super Nintendo only will have online multiplayer. Uh, and then and you get one get... a month that you get to keep for a month. Yes, which, okay, compared to PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live, that's ridiculous. Yep. I, I am aware that it is completely, completely preposterous. But I do really like the idea of like, oh, like, um, like I don't know, Final Fight Two is gonna be everybody's gonna get that this month. So guess what? Like we can, we're all gonna have access to Final Fight Two, and we can all go online and play Final Fight Two. Um, I think that one's. I think Final Fight One on Super Nintendo was only a single player game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I went with like a beat 'em up I've never played, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because but, like, but like it could be like like it could be like you know a month where like oh yeah like uh you know Super Mario World like we can all play Super Mario World together online like that'd be pretty yeah. cool like I like that idea I do kind of wish that like maybe you get to keep the thing past the month or like maybe it's like you just have to pay like a dollar up like like how they have the upgrade fee on Wii U which we right. still don't know how Virtual Console is going to be done on the Switch but like okay, you're paying that money for a month, like, maybe, you know, you have the NES game, like, everybody gets Mega Man 2, and you can pay a dollar at the end of that month and keep it. Like, if they had something like that, like, I feel like that's the way to to salvage a bad-looking idea that I think could be cool. They're, even turning, if it's, they, they're kind of turning it into the Sega channel. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they the really Sega are, channel like, had, like, 10 games on it at a time. Yeah, that's yeah, I said a limited selection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like like I mean, I I just I think that the idea of the virtual console game a month is really cool. I just I, I'm mad that the way that they're messaging it is so stupid. No, right? I I think Neil, I think you're giving this a little too much credit. Like I think I think you have good <laughs> ideas, but it's it's the same thing as being like you could play online with everyone, but you only get to keep the game for a month. We could get, it's a new game every month and maybe you can pay a dollar, but you don't get to keep the game anyways, despite the fact that you're paying for online. To me, it's yeah. it's it's like a softer version of the idea of it's the best game of the year, but there are several game breaking bugs in it that are very easy to yeah. access. <laughs> I think I think the the thing with like giving away so many games every month, I think I've probably got over three hundred unplayed games from PS plus. At least now, like, I mean, this is maybe just me. Maybe I'm more apt to actually play the thing I'm paying for if I if I have it for a month. Yeah, like I I have 107 games on on my PS4 that I got because I subscribed to PS Plus for three years for some stupid reason, and <laughs> I haven't played any of them yet. Yeah, I really don't want like. There's maybe two in there that I want to play that are like Rocket League, and I'll just get killed on that. And yeah, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't even think of another one. 
Yeah, I, I, had time, PS plus, yeah. I had PS Plus for years, and I just realized I wasn't playing any of the games anymore, and it wasn't worth it. There was a time. Like, I totally get the appeal of, like, I, I do have Xbox Live Gold right now. Xbox is uh, way better. It's not even Yeah, close. no, I mean, cur- currently currently it's way better. Um, and in that, that tacked on with EA Access, which is a thing that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, like I, I mean, I think there's a good way to do those things, and I just it's frustrating because Nintendo is doing a they're doing it really stupid, and and I, and like it, it just it sucks because I really do like that idea of like here's a virtual console game that we're all gonna play this month, like a game of the month. Um, but everything else about the the, the presentation of that idea is dumb. Yeah, T- TRBR uh, says two things that, that, that are a literal on the meaner side, but I got to say, I kind of agree with it. It's, it's Donald, your argument is basically saying that you want less choice, which, which I don't necessarily fully agree with. I, I, it's like, here's, I, I had this observation as soon as the presentation went out. It's like, okay, they're going to charge us for online for the first time. This is, they got to make a strong case to consumers that they're going to charge for online. And PlayStation Plus and Xbox One offer four to six games a month. Some of them are completely new releases, and you get to keep them forever as long as you have the subscription. And even if the subscription runs out, you don't get to play them, but you can still re-download them if you re-up your subscription. Nintendo's idea of competing with that is to give me another copy of Wrecking Crew that I don't even get to keep. Like, <laughs> it, it would be. I mean, I know they've only been NES and Super Nintendo games, but you know what the, the biggest fuck you would be? If they launch this thing in the the first game, the first <laughs> Super game. Mario Brothers. No, no, no. The first game in the first month of this that you can only access by being a member of this is fucking Mother Three. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> how incredible would that wow. be? Because it would be like everybody who's like, "Oh, this is really dumb." They'd probably just be like, "Well, I want to play Mother Three. Yeah, throw down five yeah, bucks thing this month." <laughs> yeah, and then they cancel their subscription after that, and they never bother with it again. That, yeah. that, would, that would be way better. We'd all be playing Mother 3 at the same time, and that'd be great. That would be way better if the Switch launched on, like, March 29th, and it was the March game. <laughs> 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 so you get it for, like, two days. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's talk about the video games. There's, there's the Switch. The one thing I will add is that from seeing the Switch on a screen and from playing the Switch controller, the Switch controller looks great. 720p, super sharp, super bright. On a screen, on a TV... Without using direct side-to-side video comparisons, it is almost impossible to differentiate the graphics of this console on the TV from a Wii U. You can barely oh. tell because playing Mario Kart 8, the, the edges are smoothed out a little more. Like, like there's less of that uh, really bad uh, artifacting or yeah. whatever it is on, on, the, on the game, which I can tell, obviously. But it's still like... 10 to 20 percent i made this comment in an editorial i think you should all go read which in which i i call the the switch a mixed bag very yeah. deliberately on nintendoworldreport.com and i made the comment that if you told me that the difference between the wii and the wii u and the switch's power on television was the same between a playstation 4 and a playstation pro i would totally believe that like, like yeah. it seems like the same 15 to 20 percent graphical boost which is one of the things that i know like graphics aren't that important nintendo knows how to make their games look great no matter what it's one of the things that takes a little bit of the steam of my from my sale uh in that switch presentation can i talk about the hardware yeah 
Uh, sure, I, slop man. I think it's I think it's too expensive. Okay. Uh, just because, like we've all been saying, you can go out and buy an Uncharted bundle for a PlayStation Four for like between two fifty and three hundred dollars. Um, and you know the launch is. Oh, the accessories are stupid expensive. That pro controller shouldn't cost seventy dollars. Good lord! But the, okay, okay. And that's the only way let's, to get a no, no, D-pad. No. Let's 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 back the shit up. Pro controller seventy bucks. How much are PS4 and Xbox One controllers? They're too 60. expensive too. They're, they're, they're sixty, correct? They're sixty, but I bought my PlayStation Four controller for like forty on Amazon. It's, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I got, I got. Yeah, you can, you can get you. They retail for sixty. That's that's the the point here. Um, okay. Yes, it, systems have been out for three years. You can get the controllers cheaper now. Yeah, no, I'm this just is saying. 10, the, the Pro controller is ten dollars more. It also has an NFC reader, and I think it has some sort of rumble in it as well. So, like, hmm. the price of the Pro controller is ridiculous because all controller prices are ridiculous. Yeah. It's not specific to the Switch. Yeah, it is an overall industry thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I just. I, I like the system. Um, I have enough for it. Uh, that's what I was worried about. I have enough for it and Zelda and maybe a, a memory micro SD card. Um, but I mean, this is, this is, it's, it's market penetration. I, I feel is, is going to be low at least. I, start. And totally. I, I've read quite a few things from, uh, well, not quite a few things, uh, one or two things on Twitter that I kind of agree with, that this is maybe the soft launch. And then when they uh, come around with Mario Odyssey, that might be the, the real selling point. Yeah. So that's, that's that. kind of, that's, that's looking at their launch, it's really puzzling, which I have the little image here. On launch day, we got five retail games. Right. We got. I'll just list them off quickly. Uh, Breath of the Wild One Two Switch from Nintendo. Super Bomberman R, a Konami game on launch day. Weird. Yeah. Uh, just Dance 2017 and Skylanders Imaginators. Those are the launch day games. There might there might be some more additions, but I think like those are going to be the things that when you walk into a store, those will be the five games that will be on shelves. Right. Um, and that's like crazy low. Yeah. But then you kind of look at like what they have planned for. I mean, even just the like, kind of going to the fall, like it, throughout March, you'll get you'll get stipper clips, which looks incredible. Uh, yeah, you'll get fast RMX, which is uh, I guess like kind of like a, a reimagining of a great game on Wii U. You have I Am Setsuna, a game that I I will play the crap out of on Switch because I never played it on PS4. Uh, Has been Heroes looks kind of neat. Then in April, on April 28th, you got Mario K Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, in the spring, you'll also have Arms and Puyo Puyo Tetris and Rhyme, uh, and then in the summer you have Splatoon two, and then you know that holiday you'll have uh, Mario. You'll you'll have Mario. You'll Fire Emblem Warriors potentially even Xenoblade Chronicles two. Like I think that that's not making twenty seventeen. I, I really because everybody's so adamant that it's not in twenty seventeen. I really want to see it come out in twenty seventeen. <laughs> I don't think it will, but like I just I, I everybody that I've talked to about it has been like no way. Yeah. Um, I think it'll probably come out in Japan in 2017. I think other regions doubtful. I, uh, I think this but, launch is the Zelda launch. This is to yeah. get people who've wanted Zelda for three years, and then they'll do kind of a, a rebranding or something like they did with the PlayStation 4 uh, later on when Mario what, comes out. What what rebranding did they do with oh, the PlayStation not, not 4? Oh, not the PS4. I'm sorry, the PS3. Mm. 
But but or the Xbox One right. even after they ditched the Xbox One, yeah, yeah. But but see with with those like that that was because of distinct failure. Um, which I mean, who knows? The Switch the Switch launch could yeah. be a failure. I think there's there's potential. There's a little potential for fa- failure there. But I think th- at least whether or not the strategy is good, I think what Nintendo is trying to do with stuff like the Virtual Console Game a Month crap. And, and the way they have the schedule laid out is that they just want to have the conversation keep on going. Like, yeah. I, I kind of took when they talked about how, like, oh, we're not going to make the same mistakes that we made on Wii U and 3DS with the launch, with, like, launch and, and you know, games coming out. I thought that meant that launch was going to be ridiculous. But I think right. more of what they were doing is that they were just going to have more evenly spaced out releases. So that way it's a consistent trickle. Because right now we're looking at, I mean, like, major games... Um, pretty much like every month or the summer every other month, which, I mean, isn't yeah. a totally new concept. But I think that if, if you're going to say in like a, in a five, six-month period, you're going to have Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, ARMS, and Splatoon 2, like, that's not that bad. Yeah, that's good. And you've also got, you've got three months of games and then, well, E3. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean... And yeah, like, they must be saving things for E3. Yeah, there. I, I would assume... Um, I mean, there's like what, what's some of the stuff that we've heard about in like rumors and so, like you know Pokemon Stars if that's a thing we'll probably hear about that around E3. Uh, Pikmin Four might still be a game. Uh, like I mean, there's there's a lot of other kind of rumored Switch stuff that we will very likely hear about that will be coming out in the fall. Like I, I mean, yeah. Mario is not going to be the only game. I also think that there's a Nintendo Direct between now and March third. I think yeah. there might be multiple. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they have to explain their online and their virtual console. Reggie said we'd get explanations before the launch. Yeah, yeah. either uh, either we have like press releases or or directs. Like I think we're gonna we're gonna start. It'll probably be a little slow ramp after after kind of the hoopla of this event. Like we might have another week or two of silence, and then I I would expect kind of February is gonna be like m- minimum two videos about the yeah. switch. I, I would I would expect that NOA wants to do a more you know traditional Nintendo Direct uh, because that conference presentation was so Japan centric. Yeah, and uh, N- Nintendo of America's Damon Baker, who is in charge of, of he's the Nindy guy. Uh, <laughs> he he's been uh, well. I guess I think it's just the same tweet I keep on seeing getting retweeted that he made the comment that like there's still more to come before launch. Like there's yeah. still more info coming. That. Specifically yeah. with with Nindies, so I think whatever the eShop is, if they still carry on that name, like I think we're gonna find out about that. Might not necessarily be their day one, um, but yeah, that's that. That was my worry uh, too. They didn't talk about the OS at all, and I thought, or is it going to take them a year to get the OS fully functioning again? I mean, to be fair, that's most systems. Although the Wii U was horrid at launch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although the eShop would have to be their day one because I think the yeah. developers of yeah. said they'll be there on launch day. And, well, last I checked, that game wasn't getting a physical release. Yeah, so then, yeah, yeah I guess maybe the eShop will be their day one. And or I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna maybe deal Nintendo's with... not sure and the IM Setsuna guys are just like, well, we're going to be there. Fuck them. I'm going to deal with the limited gigabyte space by buying games physically again. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 it takes up to two terabytes micro SD, which is awesome. Those don't exist yet, the, but yeah, that is yeah, awesome. Like, you don't need a five twelve yet. It's 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 future proof. I, I think it's good that they did up to up to two terabytes. 
Like, like e even if like it doesn't exist, I'm not willing to get an external hard drive ever, no. ever, ever under no. any circumstances whatsoever. Well, that yeah, would be dumb because you'd have to carry it around with yeah. you. Right. Just, just on any system. Uh, Jay, Jay Senator 06, who said, please do a 3DS only Nintendo Direct so we can see what's coming for that in 2017. Or you can go to NintendoWorldReport.com yeah. and look for our 3DS 2017 preview yes. that I wrote a couple weeks ago. Uh, there are a number of cool 3DS games. And I will continue to harass Atlas PR until they tell me that Etrian Odyssey 5 is coming out. Yes. There's a Shin Megami Tensei game that got confirmed the night of the Switch presentation in addition to the HD Shin Megami Tensei game, although oh, really? we have no idea wait, what either of them are. Wait, what? There, there's a new 3DS Mega Ten game? Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, it's going to be out this year in Japan. It's this year in Japan. There's an HD project, and then there's also a 3D <laughs> game, 3DS game that was listed on the on the Atlas website. And I was talking to Atlas PR John Harden at the Nintendo Switch event in New York City, and we were shooting the shit about Shin Megami Tensei. And I was like, yeah, did you hear anything about the 3DS game beforehand? And he was like, no, I saw it at the same time you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but man, we're getting Puyo Puyo Tetris on this thing. That was yeah, the first like, game I pre-entered. We're going like, like, to talk about the games, but yeah. I mean, I... I I think I've said the comment before about how Super Bomberman R is the game that I wanted for Switch, but didn't know what I wanted. <laughs> uh, because like that's per like I'm I'm kind of giddy thinking about potentially getting a big dopey Bomberman tournament at Pax East together. That would be really cool. Like yeah, like like that that like excites me because Bomberman is so much damn fun if you have if you have people together. Like True. actually, at Pax East is where I played like I think you could do twelve player Bomberman on Saturn. Like they've had that set up in the retro room before, and it's so much fun. Nice. Um, we can only do eight players with Switch, but, but hey, we all bring That's our Switches. Fun. Yay! All right, I'm gonna... all right. Uh, it's, well, okay. I'm gonna. This is. I have one more question for you. Then we'll read stuff from the chat, and then we'll go right into games. I'm gonna go around. Have we pre-ordered a Switch? Well, what have you pre-ordered, if anything? I have pre-ordered the Nintendo Switch and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Neil, I know you... We'll see if you can... If how things shape up for you in March, but have you preemptively pre-ordered? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Um, I will, you know, optimistically be reviewing the system for the website, so... Yeah. So hopefully I, I won't have to use that pre-order. Right, but I was just curious. And then have you... Pre yeah. And then did you pre-order Zelda preemptively, or did uh, you just... No, no. I, I, I was thinking about trying to, like, pre-order one of the special editions, but I think I'm just going to uh, kill the collector in me and, and just get the game when it comes out. Yep. Uh, okay, Zach. But, but as far as for what, yeah. I, what, I'm, what I'm in for launch day, uh, Breath of the Wild, Super Bomberman R, 1-2 Switch, and I am Setsuna. Damn. Okay. Cool. Zach, how about you? I uh, ordered my Switch at Best Buy. I paid for it with cash. Uh, they were not able to get the multicolored one, which I was kind of weirded out by, but I don't really care. Um, and I'm not pre-ordering Zelda because I assume everybody and their dog will have it. I'll just be able to buy it on a store shelf, and then I'm going to get a micro SD card of some kind. But that's all I've got. Sure. And you, Donald? Uh, I walked over to an EB Friday morning after falling asleep at about 4 o'clock in the morning uh, uh -huh. to get my Switch with multicolored Joy-Cons. Uh, I'm half paid on that now, thanks to some judicious trading in EB promos. Mm. Uh, I have Breath of the Wild coming on Wii U for my 2014 pre-order. That will be $35 cheaper than what that game is launching at, so I'll take Damn. the hit and play that on Wii U. 
but I did pre-order the most important game of all, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, and I have Bomberman slated for launch day. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, let's let's go to the chat a little bit. Alex, would you categorize the Switch as an amazing handheld but a mediocre current-gen home console? I would call it neither. I would call it a very good Nintendo system for me that is not nearly perfect and has just enough flaws for me to at least be concerned about the future of that system. I, I yeah. <laughs> you it nailed seems, it. It seems very good, but it seems like it has just enough things that would turn away people who aren't me and aren't the people on this show <laughs> that make me not worried. Like I'm not I don't stay up at night thinking about the future of Nintendo, although technically that's what I'm doing exactly right now. Yeah. But yeah. I, I do think about this stuff and I'm like I don't think this will necessarily Dreamcast Nintendo. I if no one if dude, no this one, is so their Dreamcast. This if is so no their one, Dreamcast. If look no, at everything about it. All the signs are there. The Wii U is a fucking Saturn. Let's go. Yeah. Buckle up, it, kids. It's gonna be a shitty year and a half. I'm not. I don't want to <laughs> be. I don't want to be a doom and gloom Nintendo's last system guy. But if it was Nintendo's last system, I would be very sad. But I would not be surprised. <laughs> Gasp of the wild. Uh, yeah. Like, I really, I, I want them to succeed so bad. Um, as a fan, like, I am so excited for, like, everything about the Switch. Like, it's, it's pretty much everything they announced in the presentation is, like, right up my alley. Like, yeah, the prices are a little too much. Like, that sucks. But, like, but it ain't up Grandma's money. alley. It ain't up that, that yeah. friend from high school who hasn't played Nintendo in 10 years. No! Couldn't be... Actually, I've got... I have anecdotal evidence for that of a couple people who were way more interested in this than they were the Wii U. Uh, but, yeah, me too. Uh, but, uh, I mean... I, like, I, I think... I think that the story of the Switch won't be told by its launch. I think it will be told by its first year. Agree. I don't think that the launch is going to be as like absolutely bonkers as as like we kind of expect game launch game system launches to be, or at least optimistically what they should be. Uh, I mean, you can kind of look at the 3DS, which you know kind of fizzled until the holiday that year when it launched in March 2011. Yeah. Um, and and that system rebounded and is I mean not nearly as successful as what came before it, but the 3DS is 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 a successful video game console. It, re- it rebounded in part because they dropped the price so quickly. Yeah, which definitely afford it. I, I I feel like we're not going to see that with the Switch because I think that Nintendo hopefully learned from the, yeah. the debacle of overpricing the 3DS when it came out. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's two ninety nine bundled with like Zelda or Mario or one two Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, like, or a Splatoon bundle or something like that. Like, right. I think I think we're going to see it rock the three hundred point price point for a while, but there will be bundles at the $300 price point. Probably and by retailers, Christmas. Retailers will probably be, be apt to help with that. They may... I don't know how much of this retail cut, but we might see some pretty aggressive gift card offers around the holidays for this oh, thing, yeah. especially if... Uh, Chariot Goblin, Breath of the Olivia Wild. That's real good. I haven't heard <laughs> that one before. But the... Um, but with the 3DS, because, yeah, it got a little bit of a bump with the price drop, but Nintendo really didn't start losing all the money on the 3DS until Mario Kart and Mario 3D Land came out in November and December. Yeah. Hmm. This won't be the Wii U, though. I'm 
unless they completely bork it in their second year, I'm guessing they learned their lesson just enough for this not to be a repeat of the Wii U. Because if you remember, the Wii U, even though it's been alive for like four, four and a half years, it was slowly dying for three of those years. Yeah. I, I, like, think I, mean, that, I would I think, say like the Wii, the Wii U was like dead by like the February after it came out. It was dead by Mario Kart 8. Like I, I really... <laughs> Yeah, I don't well, know, you they, know what they're you really they're think I really, made it that long? They're being, <laughs> they're being really smart about the marketing around this system. They never were with the Wii U. They didn't know who their audience was, uh, and they didn't know how to sell it to people. I feel like that three-minute video back in October was like it. They've really got it down now. Okay, let, yeah. let's see. Is there is there? I look forward, and I, I think we're going to see uh, more fun marketing from Nintendo. Yeah. Over the next month and a half, and I mean, I, I think that they, I think they <laughs> slipped up with the presentation, but I think the reasons why they slipped up with the presentation are are more NCL than NOA, yeah, and I yeah. think that NOA has done a very good job thus far with marketing the system. Absolutely. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, let's move on to the games. However. I don't want to drag this on anymore, but we have to at least say something about how Koizumi is such a great spokesperson for Nintendo. I like Koizumi. I He's like the way he blinks. Good, yeah. I like the way he snaps. I, I like his swagger. I, I like his Japanese businessman swagger. Dude, Koizumi is a boss. Like, <laughs> I bet he's like 70 years old. Well, he's been there for 20... He started on the first Mario Kart, so that was, what, 91, 92? He looks like he's, like, your age, Neil, except, he, except like, I was re-watching the presentation, and then you can he's look into your eyes, and then you're like, oh, wait, he's, like, 50. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's 48 years old. His birthday's on April 29th. Um, so he'll be he'll be 49 soon. So is he going to be, like, the new Awada? No. No. He'll be a decent yeah, right. Japanese spokesperson, I think. Yeah, yeah. His, so his his first game, he That's did. That's what I mean. Is that the did, role he's going to take? Who did the artwork for the manual for Link to the Past? Nice first gig, and then and then within five years, he was the assistant director of Mario sixty four. Holy shit! <laughs> and then, and then, and then, <laughs> it's crazy. It's not like how Satoshi Tajiri and Pokemon games was slowly relegated to like an executive producer role. Like this dude, as Mario games went on, he just took a more hands-on role. Like, like no, no, that's not true. That's not true. His last directorial effort was Super Mario Galaxy, and he's been in producer heaven ever since. But hasn't mm. he had some hand in the actual design of the game? Like, I mean... As as much as any other producer would have their hand in the game, he, he was you strictly build this producer after that point. I was almost yeah. yeah I'm, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. I know who was the director in Galaxy Two. Uh, oh, Hayashida, who's who's now. I think he's the guy who's kind of running EAD Tokyo now. Oh. Just Jesse Estrada asks, "What guy are they talking about? We're talking about Koizumi, who yeah. is Yoshiaki Koizumi. I will I will copy and paste his name in the chat." Okay, yeah, he's the guy who was wearing the suit jacket during the Switch presentation, and he kept snapping. He had, he had that yep. cute little bit. Okay, I, I think we talked about everything for the Switch console we need to talk about for now, unless anything else comes up after the fact. But let's talk about the first-party games, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That game's coming out with... That trailer's awesome! I, That's an awesome trailer. I cried. Awesome. I was so happy and excited. It was really? like Metroid Other M. You better not do that to me again, Nintendo. They might. It, no. it was anime as hell. Like, I can't, man. 
I just I, I think what really does it for me with all these Zelda games is, and I, I'm kind of coming to terms with this myself. I kind of love all the timeline bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but like, it's just fun. Like, I'm not. I don't take it seriously, but just like thinking about like, okay, what does this mean? How does this game tie to, to this game? Like, that's fun. Yeah, sure. Um, and and just trying to figure out what what in the Sam Hill fuck is happening in this game. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. I want to know what happened a hundred years ago. Are we going to get a flashback? Is it going to reference another game? I don't I, I know. Think, I think Zelda's his sister. That's I don't, my pet theory. Why I think there is there like some Linkle? Well, it's not Linkle, but like there's some stand-in for Linkle who's going to be like his sister in the game. Or, or am I missing? I think that I think that might have been. So when when there was a trailer at the Game Awards, and I was one of the pr- people talking about it like this, it seemed like there might have been two women, but that might have just been Zelda. Okay. Yeah. In, in two different outfits, but but okay. who knows? But like, and I, I think the King of and from what is be a character? That's that's all. What I think that's the King of Hyrule who's doing the voiceover. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I think when he mentioned my daughter, and then it showed Zelda, like of course. Well, yeah, no shit. I also <laughs> had a fantasy that it would be set a hundred years after the CDI games, and it's actually referencing oh, Jesus King Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nah, dog. Nah. I played this game. Finally, I played it. It's an open-world video game that has Zelda stuff in it. I, it doesn't feel like a Zelda game from the 20 minutes I played. Then again, I also only played 20 minutes, and seven of those minutes were like, Link, open your eyes. Open your eyes, Link. <laughs> Press the X button to climb a 10-foot wall. Open your eyes, Link. <laughs> Press the A button to use the Sheikah Stone. And now you have seven minutes to explore this gigantic world. <laughs> it, was, it, seems like, it seems like a pretty good open-world game. I am not convinced it isn't an also-ran yet, but if it's I, an also-ran, it looks like it's going to be one hell of an also-ran. I, I I kind of had a moment uh, when watching that Game Awards footage. Like, so, I mean, I, I love the Zelda series. I, I got my, my window thing behind me here. Um, I, I have the... There's a high, oh, yeah, high shield right there. Um, like, Zelda, Zelda is probably, without a doubt, my, my favorite Nintendo series. So Breath of the Wild is, of course, very high on my radar. And after, like, I devoured all the shit at E3, um, I couldn't wait. And then they showed that Game Awards footage, and I just had the seed of doubt planted. Because I, I don't um, think, I mean, at, le- at least for me, and I think we've talked about this before, the Game Awards footage, like, didn't really excite me. That trailer was awesome. But but the gameplay footage shown, I, I don't think that was a good presentation of the game. And that put the seed in doubt of me and made me realize that when has Nintendo really made, or when has a 3D Zelda had a very good overworld? Yeah, uh, yeah, and well, and, yeah. and like I, I like I kind of like the Sea and Wind Waker, but I can also hear all the complaints that it's really boring for some reason. Just like charting the sea was really fun to me. I uh, love the overworld in Ocarina of Time, and and but the the overworld in Ocarina of Time is also like really bare bones. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. peanuts compared to what they're trying to do with Breath of the Wild. And I think that there's that concern of mine that I think Alex, you you seem to echo as well that. I think that like the gameplay in this is going to be awesome. Like the dungeons, the puzzles, like because th- those Zelda guys they do it right. Yeah. Uh, the it's... open world aspects, I'm a little concerned about because I don't think they've. I don't. I don't think that team has really proven that they know how to do an open world. And maybe it'll come out, and maybe it'll blow us all away, and they'll have some some new twist on it. They'll have their Nintendo touch on it that'll make it amazing. But there's a little part of me 
that yeah. that's just nagging me. That's like, what if the open world sucks? What if the open world sucks? Yeah. And and that that could hurt that game a lot. But mm -hmm. I'll be optimistic. I can't wait for this game. I need to know for myself if the open world sucks or not. And I hope everything else is awesome. I'm kind of uh, I'm liking more and more that, or I'm feeling more and more like it is a return to the original game, where yeah. it's no, an open totally world yeah. and you go in this cave and oh, it's a dungeon. Cool. They said, yeah, they said as much. Wouldn't it be cool if the first, the way you get your sword is you go to a, into a cave that's right near where you start the game? Mm -hmm. I know that's not what will happen, but that would be such a cool callback to the original well, game. Well, I think, didn't they say that it's it's the inverse of this one, and that instead of going into a cave and getting a sword, you're going out of a cave to get your sword. Oh, yeah, nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, to, to comment on what you said, Neil, I, I totally agree. I my <laughs> fear My fear for this game is that the because Nintendo is so closed off and they claim to not take that much inspiration from things and they like to do things themselves, that I think they might have... That they might be thinking that they're inventing the open world game, uh, but there's... Yeah. It's the open air world. game, Alex. Excuse me, it's the, <laughs> it's the open air game. The open air game, which is exactly what <laughs> Nintendo would fucking call it. That's <laughs> because that's what, that's what they called it. <laughs> but it's the development team thinks they're inventing the open world genre when in reality Western development studios have progressed it like potentially five to ten years beyond where it looks like Zelda might be at. So I'm afraid that they're going to come with an they're gonna release an open world game that'll be halfway obsolete because of other open world games that exist. Right. That that was my fear since E3. That's still my fear, but I'm convinced it'll still be a good Nintendo game regardless. I'm mostly convinced. I'm, I'm seeing Kevin and Cherry Goblin talking about Monolith Soft uh, working on Breath of the Wild, which, like, yes, we know that they are working on Breath of the Wild. And also, uh, I have it on pretty good authority that Breath of the Wild is using the Xenoblade Chronicles X engine, um, which is also probably what Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is running on as well, because... Uh, yeah, that, that engine got kind of like over the over the development of Breath of the Wild, as far as I understand it, it was a Wii U engine that then Monolith helped make uh, work on Switch. So now both Monolith and Nintendo can use this engine to make really awesome epic games like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Breath of the Wild. Uh, hmm. We have one to Switch, uh, which is which we already talked about, yeah. although in my imagination, this is a sequel to Wild Gunman. I, I know it's not. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like All they had to do was make it a sequel to Wild Gunman, and no one would be complaining about it at all. It would be. That's probably true. Instead, they released like one, two, Switch Skylanders, Wild Gunman's Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother, my brother and I were watching the conference together, and uh, when that that skit started with the Cowboys, I said. Oh, it's going to be like that Kirby minigame in Kirby's Adventure. It, it is. Was. But like, uh, like, okay, I'll give it. The, the $50 price tag for 1-2 Switch is probably a little much. Guess what? Wait a couple months. It'll probably be like 20 30 bucks real soon. <laughs> yep. That's how video games work in, in 2017. If you don't want to pay $60 for Final Fantasy 15, just give it a couple months. <laughs> and you'll be able to get it for like 20 or 30 like I'm waiting for. And if you uh, have if you have Best Buy Gamers Club, yeah, the the launch price for that game is forty dollars. Great, yeah. it should have been there a pack-in, but it's still starting at forty dollars if you have uh, certain premium online shopping memberships. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think one two switch at fifty dollars is is probably a little much, but you are getting like twenty plus mini games. We don't know how much more depth is going to be in there. Like, I I think regardless of anything, I would be getting this game at launch because I like I like playing games in a party setting, and I think it's probably one of the few ways that I'll get some of my friends to be like, "Hey, check out the system with me." Yeah, and yeah. I I'd be able to play it with uh, on game night. Uh, without having to go outside to play Joust. Hey, uh, Alex, uh, to answer, uh, people are talking in the chat about how Nintendo games never drop in price. Didn't you buy Star Fox Zero a couple months ago? I, I bought Star Fox Zero at a Gamefly sale with Star Fox Guard fully in box. No, it was it was used and open, but it was still you. It was still a Star Fox Zero for twenty dollars for the whole thing. Okay, uh, Nintendo it. game. Nintendo games drop in price, everybody. But not just as, not the ones that actually sell. Not as yeah. much as other games, and some oh, no, no, games that's, don't. That's true. That's but true. Some I'm games, saying, some games do. Yes, but but especially in 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 I guess the modern era, like Nintendo games do drop in price. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can find them on I sales bought, if you have. I bought that Wii Rhythm Heaven game for five dollars at Best Buy. Yeah, I got I got Fortune Street and Rhythm Heaven Fever for like five bucks. Yes. Nice. I, I was looking up how many video games that are in uh, Wii Play because I, I think they compared it to Wii Play uh, as, as with the amount of content that we'll get. I think Reggie did that. And Wii Play has nine games. Wii Party has 80 mini games. Obviously, it'll fall, fall somewhere in the middle of those two. What surprised me more is that I'm on the article for Wii Play, and this is so off topic, but the Japanese title for Wii Play is Your First Step to Wii. And I think that's a crazy title for a video game. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I never knew that. Like, like you ever see, you ever like, you, like we all think we know Nintendo, but once in a while there's a fact that you should know that you're like, wait a second, I never knew that before. Like I was at the Nintendo store and like, I never realized Nintendo had their weird video, video cassette prototype for the NES that, that was being shown off in that store. It's just the same thing. Anyways, that, that's beside me. <laughs> I just wanted to share that Wii Play was titled Your First Step to Wii. And that, that's a crazy title for a video game. And, I mean, I mean it, maybe maybe it'd be smart to do, like, maybe a Joy-Con bundle with 1-2-Switch somewhere yeah, down the line or something like that. that. I mean, I still feel like you got to do a bundle for ARMS that comes with another set of Joy-Cons. Arms. Absolutely. But, yeah, good yeah. accidental segue there. Uh, ARMS looks really cool. Alex, Arms. how was... How was ARMS? ARMS, I'm not convinced of yet. I'm not... I wish I was convinced of ARMS because they're selling this as the brand new internal Nintendo characters of this generation, or they were during the presentation. Like, they made it sound like basically what Splatoon was as, like, new main Nintendo-ass Nintendo IPs. That's what they are more or less selling arms as, which is this boxing game where it's like extreme Wii boxing, but you're you're firing your gloves from far away with springs. You got Springman and Ribbon Girl. Here's what arms is. Arms is Wii boxing with the movement of Pokémon uh, Tournament. That's oh. what it is. That's if if you look at it, you Watch the video, you'll see what I'm talking about a little more. It plays like Wii Boxing, and that it's not like you're, you're like the guy in the trailer where you're like, where you're doing the little bobbing and weaving, and you're doing the. Because you can't actually punch like you're a boxer, because if, if you keep your fist the wrong way, it'll twist your fist. So, like, everything does have to be deliberately and, oh. with, and with buttons. So, what it looks like to play arms is more like this. 
So it is very much Wii Boxing, where you can't really waggle. You have to, like, use the control of the game to your advantage. But yeah, it feels like Extreme Wii Boxing with some Pokken Tournament. The first time I played it, which the demo was two fights, and I, I played it single player, so, so I didn't get the multiplayer thing, I was like, okay, this is alright, but I'm not fully convinced yet. We'll see what the final package looks like. But what I heard from someone who commented on the Wii, the Switch Mixed Bag article I have on Nintendo World Report, and they were like, yeah, I played ARMS too. The first time I played ARMS, I was on the same camp you were, where I wasn't fully convinced. But the second time I played ARMS, it fully clicked, and I had such a good time. So it sounds like it could be like Splatoon, where there's like, where there, you have to figure out how the game is supposed to play and how you're supposed to play the game and how you're supposed to interact with the video game properly before you can fully have fun. But I was getting Pokken Tournament vibes at the time. What I will say is that uh, Springman's character design and Ribbon Girl's character design is fucking sweet. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I'll point out, because in, in my, my Nintendo developer nerdery, um, Kosuki Yabuki is the, the producer on this. Uh, uh, according according to the, the wiki that I'm looking at, dude's 35 or 36. Um, so he's a young one, but he directed Mario Kart 7 and 8. And this is his first game as a producer. Huh. So, yeah, and yeah. He's, he's only been with the company for like a decade. Arms and Splatoon. Splatoon, but definitely arms. Like, if you ever have those moments in your life where you can, where you, you're like starting to envision like your life in 30 years and you're starting to realize how different things are going to be when you're an old man. Like arms is one of those moments where it feels like even though Nintendo will still always have the games from your childhood, like Mario, Zelda, all of our childhoods, whatever, whatever Splatoon and arms are making me realize that as time goes on, there's a chance that Nintendo's core franchises are going to be so wildly different than they are now and it could be completely new characters, and that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we've already seen that with how quickly Splatoon has gone through the ranks. I mean, Splatoon is an A franchise now, like yeah. just like Fire Emblem. I mean, and, and and the Inklings are now in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They're like the only new characters being added. Yeah. Also, I'll like for you. real, there are there are no new tracks being added. It's just battle oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. new the, thing. The sixteen tracks they taught that were rumored beforehand. I think that was just the fact that this game includes all the DLC. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, the Splatoon track is the is the battle mode stuff, which which yeah. is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I played Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. They do a good job of selling this game, <clears throat> like it's this super cool like future Switch game, and that it's gonna have a lot of new stuff. Playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, that game is Mario Kart 8 ass Mario Kart 8. Don't worry about how cool the box art looks. Don't worry about how they did a good job. It's it's really great box art. Don't worry about how good of a job they do making a trailer and makes the game seem new. There is way less new shit in this game than you actually think. Granted, battle mode is cool. The Splatoon characters are awesome characters, and they're totally worthy of being in a Mario Kart game or a Smash Brothers game. They totally deserve it. Splatoon is awesome. But this is Mario Kart 8 with all the content from the DLC and a few more things. Make sure you understand exactly what that game looks like before you decide to buy it. It's 
if if you ever buy a port and you ha- and you're expecting more out of it than it actually ends up being, this is what I could see this being the case uh, with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Here's a question for you guys. I was thinking about this today. You know, when when the GameCube launched, or not the GameCube, when the Wii launched, people weren't like, "Gosh, I hope they, I hope they port Double Dash to the Wii." I wish well, they the did. Wii, well, yeah, and then when Although the I actually, launched, you know, you know, real talk, I think Mario Kart Wii might be my favorite Mario Kart game. Yeah, it does have Funky Kong. And then when the Wii U came out, people weren't like, "Man, I really hope they port Wii Mario Kart Wii to this." Why do we care that Mario Kart 8 bridges consoles when we've never cared about that in the past? Um, I, I, I care about I that. Can, I can tell you the Nintendo angle for this. It's a game to come out a month after launch. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. and there is... I mean, they expanded that game over a year, and you'd like to think there'd be some sort of return on that investment, whether you get a discount for owning, for owning the DLC, because that's proof you own the game or not. Interesting. You yeah. know... I care about new Mario Kart games, and I don't consider myself a fan of Mario Kart. I just consider myself a fan of Mario Kart DS, and every Mario Kart game that has come out since Mario Kart DS, I have looked at as lesser because it does not have the awesome mission mode. Mission mode! The mission mode's so great. Although the Wii version did have that, but it was online only. But if they included that, it's thank you for the correction, but if they did include that in this game... I would pay full price for it. But without it, I'm probably going to get it as soon as it hits some kind of price drop so I don't have to spend full price on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, like it'll, it'll be a very much a judgment call. Um, for, <laughs> Yo, for you're reviewing that game. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Really? Not after the last okay, time. man. <laughs> there, was, there was that hot minute uh, where I was like, what if that's a launch game? Like, then I'll, then I'll kind of have to review it. And like, I don't know if I'm ready to 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 review Mario Kart 8 again after. Shit, man, I'll take it if you won't. <laughs> after being after being destroyed for giving it a 7.5. Justin Barubi and totally I deserved. Yeah. Uh, Justin Barubi and I, like speaking on what you just said, Donald. Justin Barubi and I, when we were walking around New York, there was a few hours before the Switch presentation started or the Switch event started. We were talking about Nintendo as as what will happen, and we were like. So you remember Neil's Mario Kart 7 uh, review? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, a 7.5 is exactly what that game deserves. And he's like, yep. And then <laughs> that was a conversation we had about Neil's Mario Kart 8 review the other day. So I, I have no problem with a 7.5. I, know I like, I like the game. Like, I, I mean, that's part of the reason why like, I won't review Mario Kart 8 Deluxe unless like it, it was the only option if it was a launch game. Uh, is because right now my perception of Mario Kart 8 is totally colored. Because that was a game that I kind of enjoyed, and then after people telling me I should go fucking die for giving it a seven point five out of ten, I kind of look at that game differently now. Yeah, uh, because it just brings up bad feelings. Like it's still fun. I've still I've played it. We played it online with patrons before. Uh, yeah. I've had a good time, but like I I have some issues with that game, and they became exasperated once people started yelling at me about it. Yeah, Splatoon two. Splatoon two is not looks Splatoon great. One point five. It is Splatoon. Too. It looks great. I played it. It was it was the game that I played more than once at that event because like we we had like three and a half hours to play everything, so I was going game to game to game to game. But Splatoon had so many consoles and it didn't have a huge line, so I actually played it three times. I played it once on the TV and two times on the Switch pad, and that game is really fun. 
it is like people say how it is basically it, they haven't done a good job of set of justifying why this is Splatoon 2 yet even though there's like new weapons and new maps and uh, there's no more spawn camping which is kind of cool like like you can't you can't go to your enemy's spawn point and you can't stand there because now there's this yellow barrier that prevents you from getting to the to that super last part of the map Oh, I like that. That's a and, that's and a good like, idea. And there's a jetpack so that you can you can get on that side, but after the jetpack special runs out, it ends up putting you where you first used the jetpack. Oh. So, so like you you can get up there for a few seconds, but there is a small portion of your opponent's map that is basically inaccessible to the rival team, which is a good idea. So so there is that. There's also new weapons. The Splat Dooleys are cool. I loved playing Splatoon on the controller. It's still got the motion control. It still plays like Splatoon. It is the uh, video game. How's the, how's the map feel? It feels like a Splatoon map. It doesn't. Well, no, I mean like 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 because you don't have the gamepad. Oh, it's it's separate. Gotta... It's it's one screen instead of having two. X. You gotta you gotta press X to use the map. I never ever actually jumped to ally locations in the original Splatoon, so I didn't actually use the map at all. But it will be slightly less convenient than the gamepad, although anyone could have told you that without even yeah. playing it. It, it yeah, doesn't it's not a game breaker, and it is it's the Switch game I'm most looking forward to. I look forward to seeing how they managed to justify it as a sequel, although I think their justification will be, hey, it's a launch game and we got a new Splatoon game, so uh, there you go. Like, like it's not that different, but hey, it's a new Splatoon game. Hey, all they need to do is throw in a single-player <coughs> mode, and I'm totally on board. If you have a new I really like... Galaxy-style mode, like, that's all you need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spl Splatoon is one of my favorite Wii U games, if, if not my favorite. Um, like, that game is brilliant in so many ways, and... I don't really care if it's just kind of more of an iterative sequel. Like, just give me Splatoon that I can play on my new system. Yep. If it's, this... it's kind of funny because with that in Mario Kart 8, I think I would have been, like, way more into rebuying, like, Splatoon 1.5 than I would Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Right. Um, but, like, I would have rather had Mario Kart 9 and Splatoon 1.5 than the other way around. Although I'm not complaining that we're getting Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2 is a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing how they differentiate it from this first game. It's the most fun I had at that event. I anticipate it more than Zelda, although obviously that, that's not saying like a ton coming from me, but I still, like it is my most excited game for the first few months. So there you go, Splatoon 2. Uh, 4v4 turf battles. And then like you, you got the eight-player Splatoon, right? So, so yeah. there, there's all that stuff. Super Mario Odyssey looks crazy, and I'm so excited. Looks good. Woo woo! It's, it was the other game that I sat up straight for. Uh, Yo, Kane, New Dog Kane, City. Uh, Kane asked, "Do you guys think Splatoon will have a better party forming system? And do you guys I think it'll let you God choose individual game modes?" Um, I I, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I think they were closer with the original Splatoon setup, then people might give them credit, at least in comparison to what Nintendo has done in the past for for uh, for multiplayer. Because, like, making private games on that is surprisingly easy and, and pretty good, although they added that in post-launch. Yeah. So I, I wish... Is there anything really we can say about Super Mario Odyssey other than we're so excited? I think it's wonderful <laughs> that that place is called New Donk City. I love... 
that their design philosophy is the feeling you get when you go to a new place for the first time, which I was going to New York City for the first time, so I immediately like... You mean New Donk City. New That's... Donk City. <laughs> I'm a new donker. <laughs> I heart ND. Like, I just, I just want to know who came up with that idea, that, that name. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's, it's just like, like Donkey like Kong of... thing. Is Donkey Kong in this game? Oh, oh, be. oh, man. I really, have to finish, I really have to finish the Donkey Kong Historia before this. <laughs> or do I have to wait until it's out? Because then maybe it'll tie up some loose ends. You Bowser know, they, looks they, like a pimp, by the way. Well, they had Bowser in that suit, but how does he get in the suit? Uh, he It's painted on. I guess it must be. <laughs> and there is there is something very retro feeling about the fact that Bowser is explicitly trying to marry Peach in this game, which, which is something that this that is feels... like the fourth time that's happened. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's happened a lot, but it's the kind of thing that's happened more in like the early Mario games than the recent Mario games. It feels like because the yeah, recent did... Mario games, it's I love Peach, I'm gonna steal Peach, and then Mario saves Peach. Did, but, like, did... It, yeah. Did, did you guys see the parental controls video? Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. It, it was pretty cute. <laughs> Where Bowser on his phone, his, his lock screen is Peach. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, that's cute. Yeah, and, and Peach has got the, the wedding outfit. We got Mexican Mario, but it's like this desert with like ice coming out of it, which looks sick. You have Mario in this jungle, but it's like a realistic-looking rainforest, which makes it look like it's some weird Unreal 4 tech demo, but not in a bad way. <laughs> and Mario's like a three feet tall, and there's all these super tall people, and there's <laughs> these chicks who are skipping rope with him, and then he's dancing, and it's just <laughs> awesome. And I'm so ready. It's It yeah. might be my most anticipated game of this year, like tied with Persona Five. Wow. Yeah. It, it looks. Yeah, dude, I can't wait for Mario Odyssey. It looks so ridiculous <laughs> in all the best ways. Like, like it looks like they looked at those educational Mario games from the Super Nintendo, and they're like, "What if we took this idea and made like one of the best games of all time?" <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're tongue in cheek, where where there's like an irony, but it's also genuinely amazing. I, I, it's, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Snipper Clips, cut it out together. I also play that. That game is you, you cut shapes out. It's two-player, as far as I know, or up to four-player. Uh, you're, you're pieces of paper, and you can press buttons to cut paper. Here's what it is. Watch videos for that game. That's going to do a way better of explaining that game yeah. than I can ever do. What I can say is that if you're the kind of person who really likes scribble knots or drawn to life, this will scratch that specific itch. And you know because what's crazy? Kind of, yeah. Couch co-op. You know what's crazy about it game. is that uh, the developer of it, it actually came from like an indie yeah. project that then Nintendo like, I guess like bought and funded. Yep. Oh. Yep. I, that, that is pretty crazy. <sighs> it, it was fun. I played it briefly. It was fun. People are excited about it. They should be. It's going to be 20 bucks in March. I'm guessing a couple weeks later. It'll bridge the gap between Mario Kart and the Switch launch. Or at least that's, that, that's their hope, which is yeah. cool. Now let's, let's move on to a few of the third-party games. We talked about Fire Emblem. We talked about Bomberman as much as anyone can talk about Bomberman. Um, I think it's crazy that Suda51 got on stage and announced a new game with Travis Touchdown. 
I that was I was screaming in my hotel room when that happened <laughs> because it was so random and so needless, and I have no idea how and when that game came to fruition. But No More Heroes 1 and 2 are two of the most badass games ever made. I'm not saying two of the best games ever made, but two of the most badass games ever made. And the idea of a new game in the No More Heroes universe, and I'm being very careful to not call it No More Heroes 3, because it sounds like it could be something slightly different than that. Like, it could be a wrestling game, or it could be, like, a 2D, like, indie development-inspired. I, I don't think Suda51 actually knows what it's going to be yet. Yeah. <laughs> But but it's there was there was that sick illustration of Travis touchdown, and uh, what was his shirt saying? Do you remember what his shirt said? No, no. I I don't. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it, but it was it was pretty cool. Anyways, I I feel bad for the translator because I I didn't. There was there was probably no way he knew what was going on. Uh because Suda went off script, but we already talked about that. There's a new Shin Megami Tensei game that's definitely not coming out in 2017, but it showed a decrepit uh, area. It showed Jack Frost. It showed all these characters you rec- you recognize from Shin Megami Tensei. And... Mara was in that trailer. I can't believe they got away uh, with who? Mara. The penis demon. Oh, <laughs> oh the penis demon. <laughs> and then there's... Uh, <laughs> There was this HD Unreal 4 Odin, which looked fucking sick. Yeah. And then it said that it's a 25th anniversary project, and we have no idea what it is. <coughs> I would be Mega so 10 happy. Or Mega 10.5. Happy if it was Mega 10.5. And so many Shin Megami Tensei spinoffs that I would not be surprised if it was something in the vein. Your, your video's PS2 gone. Games. Yeah. Me? Can, can you at least hear me visually? Yes. Yeah, we no, can we'll hear you visually, yes. Okay. You, you, can he, you, can hear, you can hear me. Okay, yeah. Here's, I'm clicking on a Travis Touchdown image, which is probably, like, screwing up my bandwidth. Yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> but, but I'm like, I'm so close to finding out what that picture says. I'm so close. I see a t-shirt. I'm going to see it in a second. Oh, <laughs> Travis strikes again. I was a, it was just a cool ass thing to see on a on a new 2017 <laughs> illustration. Travis oh. strikes again. I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited for Chichun Gami Tensei. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is coming out. That game is definitely coming out in the West. They did confirm that later on yep. that night, although it sounded like there was it was very touch and go about that like it, immediately. But it's it, that thing is definitely coming to the West. Uh. I, I think it's funny that Xenoblade Chronicles X is relegated to spin-off territory. Boom. That's good because the first one's better anyway. Why didn't yeah. the Sega guys say we're bringing Sonic Mania to the Wii, to the Switch? Dude, they I don't know. We're going to make a game. <laughs> and then he left. They didn't announce Mario Kart 8 was coming to the Switch until I after know. the presentation ended. But like they, they just showed, showed it. it. Yeah. But they didn't... Ex- we didn't know if it was Mario Kart 8 or 9 in the presentation, and that was a little silly. <laughs> um, yeah. It, what else What else was there? There's Octopus, Octodad 2. Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler, which is... Is that the Bravely Default team? I believe yes. so. At first, my eyes glazed over because I was like, ah, this is like another weird throwback Square Enix JRPG. But when I watched the presentation the second time and I looked at the art style where it looks like Final Fantasy VI, 
also it's in a 3D world, so it looks like a better realized world than Final Fantasy, but it's new. I, I It looks cooler than it looked the first time I saw that trailer. How about Street Fighter 2 75? That's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know who's going to play that with a sideways controller, though, because that oh, thing true. is not built for fighting games. Yeah, you know, it, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world to hold for, That's for the, those kinds of games. It's going to be for the people who buy pros. I, I never talked about how like the issues I had with the controller, which I'm going to keep very quick because I know how long the show is already. It's probably going to be <laughs> like two hours long by the end of it. But what I'll say, the two things I played Mario Kart Battle Mode with the sideways Joy-Con, and I don't know if there's a way to turn off motion control but it had motion oh. control turned on by default in the demo. So I was racing around and I was like, why is there drift to the side? And it was because I was holding the controller in a way that was slightly to the left or slightly to the right. So it's that was very uncomfortable. The other thing I will say is that the L and R buttons on the Joy-Cons, especially on the grip and especially when it's in the... They're way too small. They are yeah, so they look small. Itty-bitty. They're very small, and they're going to take... They're like slivers, and they're going to take some getting used to. I'm sure I'll get used to it, but it is like... It's a negative thing about that, is that there are these uh, these digital uh, analog... Not analog stick, but these triggers. And then the R2, the ZLZR, those aren't like the PS4 and Xbox One, where they feel like actual triggers, so they're really comfortable in the hand. They're kind of like two-generation-ago triggers... So they kind of it's they don't slip off the hand, but they feel like they could because they're not that super uh, ergonomic uh, PS4 Xbox One controller feel. Um, I saw a yeah. picture of a Joy-Con controller sideways next to a Game Boy Micro, and it's smaller than a Game Boy Micro. Yeah, but it is cool how they marketed that. How they they basically pitched the Joy Cons and then especially the Switch as a whole as like perfect sell from Dragon Ball Z, where it takes all <laughs> the DNA from other Nintendo systems. Yeah, that's true. I do like how it just and, and the GameCube had a handle. I know that was so great. <laughs> it, it was a, it was too ahead of its time. Like that's how they tried to push it. Which must have been a tiny bit tongue in cheek, but it but it was cute. Um, do we have anything else we need to talk about for the Switch? Because I feel like we might have gone away. Was there any super obvious games we forgot? Oh, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I played that. That game's fun as hell. I it guess. Yeah. Tetris and then it's Puyo Puyo. And Puyo Puyo is basically just Dr. Mario, but with, with, with like well, a no, couple of uh, Dr. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Kirby Avalanche. <laughs> but that, that's what John was using. Mean Bean Machine as the example. So but the, the yep. people on this show have have who are watching this have probably more played Doctor Mario. It's but it's pretty, not like Doctor Mario. It's it's not not it's like, like Doctor Mario. Mario. It's it's like Doctor Robotics Mean Bean Machine and Kirby Avalanche is literally Puyo Puyo with a skin. <laughs> yeah, but also do, I think I think you're giving it too it's, little credit. It's not, it's not like Doctor Mario. If, if you say it's not like Dr. Mario at all, you're going to be wrong. Like, like you're well, I mean, it's you'd... a puzzle game where blocks fall. So Tetris is It's the same colors and like not dissimilar. It's beside the point. I think Dr. Mario, he says mean bean machine. You've played one of those games. Imagine it's But it's that not like Dr. Mario. Back and forth. Dr. I mean, I don't Mario's you pretty fun in small bursts. Okay. Um, I like okay. Kirby Star Stacker. That was fun. There's Fast Star cool. Max. Fast RMX, I, I didn't 
and like uh what's the heroes game i didn't play that one has been heroes has been heroes that's the i didn't have time to play it It, and that's getting a gamestop only physical release (laughs) oh god it's not an alex kind of game so i haven't paid like too much attention to it yeah okay it's 1201 a.m eastern time let's end this show that, I'm excited about thing. the Switch, despite being a little wary nice. of its success. Woo! Switch! Woo! There you go. That's the Nintendo Switch talk. I'm excited about the Switch. Donald's excited about the Switch. Neil's excited about the Switch. Zach is excited about the Switch. And as you can tell, I am uh, losing my voice at a dramatic rate. So And video quality. And video quality, no less. So let's end this show while we still uh, can. Okay, yes. Kane, Kane said, have any guesses for when the next big Switch info dump will be? <laughs> uh, somebody go. February. Yeah, I'm, February. February I mean, 3rd. Okay. Shit. I'm sure, gonna, why not? Um, That's a good guess. <laughs> one month really to soon, go. though. Uh, February 7th. <laughs> That's basically my guess, but a more specific date. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We, 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 we can share it. Um, yeah. I think we're going to see the virtual console stuff in a February Nintendo Direct, and I think they're saving the GameCube stuff for that because that will be a really cool thing they can show in that Direct that'll get people excited. And I'm convinced GameCube stuff is happening. Dude, what if GameCube stuff doesn't happen? Here's why I think it's going to happen. <laughs> is not because of rumors, not because of it's. I have this gut feeling, even though, fine, I, I do have those things. But Reggie, in like one of his interviews, called out the fact that people have been asking for GameCube stuff. He, and he, it was like some unrelated question. He was like, yeah, and you see these people, they're asking for GameCube games on Virtual Console. And like Nintendo is so careful with their messaging that I don't think he would be the one to bring that up if there weren't plans for it. That's something I think. I mean, my, in my here, here's, here's how I'll fire back to that, is that I don't know if that means anything, because Reggie's still the same guy who wore that Metroid pin. Yeah. And, like, they didn't announce a new Metroid game for, like, a fucking year after that. This is 20% further than that. It's not <laughs> at 100%, yeah. but it's 20% further at that. Just like how uh, Dr. Mario is... I mean, Dr. Mario is not like Puyo Puyo. From being Poyo Poyo. No. <laughs> That's our show. Thank you very much. I- I'm so happy I'm the host because I can end the show before people disagree with me. Well, yep. after people disagree with me, but before we have a full argument about it because, man, this is not going to 1230. <laughs> um, Alex Kalafi joined by Neil, Donald, and Zach. Zmiller1902 on Twitter for Zach Miller. Donald Terrio is on Twitter at Donald Mick. D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K, also uh, NFR Podcast, Nintendo Free Radio. We have Neil on Twitter, at Enron10, N-R-O-N, the number 10. I'm on Twitter, at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. Thank you to every single person who was watching or will watch or will hear this on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Patreon.com slash N-W-R to support the site you love, the people you love. We have exciting things about the future of Nintendo News Report coming up that we will be able to talk about uh, in the next month. And it it involves a certain event that is happening uh, soon after the launch of the Switch. (laughs) So if if you're going to an event that's soon after the launch of the Switch... It's it's PAX East. We're going to have panels at PAX East. (laughs) 
Yeah, but not <laughs> only – okay, I'm very excited to announce. It's, I'm proud to be the first person to say this on this show, but I'm so excited to announce that not just will we have one panel, our, our usual Nintendo World Report game show, but the people of Nintendo News Report will – all four of us will be in Boston. We'll be doing a panel, and it'll be called Wii Eulogy, where we will be paying uh, a romantic tribute We'll remember the good times and, and forgive for the bad. Um, the, the deceased will deliver the eulogy and those in attendance will have 60 minutes for rebuttal. We got some time to figure this out. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're going to PAX East, please look forward to it. Uh, as of now, it is slated for Friday night at 7 p.m. We're going we're gonna to talk about it more. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure that's. Then right. I think uh, we have Nintendo Air. I think the next night at 8:30. Yeah. Okay. Nuts. Stay there. tuned to the general report. Yeah. We'll probably also do like tournaments and stuff. Bye. 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 Bye.